we're back. Wow, it seems like it was just yesterday. <laughs> All right, welcome to Personalized Learning with Matt and Courtney, and I am Matt. I'm Courtney, and we talk about the do-dos and the don't-dos of personalized learning. Yes, we do. Yeah. So here's what we're going to do, first of all. We are going to reintroduce ourselves just a little bit, because we're on our third season of podcast, if we talk about it like that now. Are we really? We are. We are, which is kind of crazy, which is kind of crazy. This morning, my son was like, who, by the way, thinks that like you and I are like the most famous people in the world, and that his mom is the coolest, because like my mom has a podcast, right? <laughs> I love it. That's right, honey. <laughs> um, he was like, how many, how many episodes do you guys have? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know either. So I, I figured, well, this year we'll go to season three, episode one. Perfect. Season okay. three, episode one. So, so who are you? I am a district administrator in Maine, and I have been, this is my sixth year being a district admin. And before that, I was a high school teacher for seven years. Awesome. How about you, Courtney? I am an instructional coach in a district in Maine. What? Yeah. Oh, wait. I did know that. Yes. You knew that. I did. Um, I work with all the teachers from grades pre-K through 12, um, and sometimes the administrators. I do a lot of professional development and a lot of just one-to-one um coaching with teachers, which looks kind of just like sitting with them and a lot of times just asking them good questions um, and then seeing them come to the answers on their own, which is so cool when it happens. Anyway. Um, that yeah. sounds like things we could do with our kids. It is. Oh, that's a little preview of the rest of our podcast forever. <laughs> that's what it's always about. <laughs> okay. So, uh, so that's a little bit. If you want to really go back and listen to what we've done, uh, we have a bunch of episodes. We're not exactly sure how many, as Courtney just said, but it goes back a ways. And we try to do these weekly throughout the school year, yep. and they're just going to be, you know, 10 to 15, maybe 20 minutes if we get yapping. That's right. Um, <laughs> but our first original ones were like an hour and a half, and it was a lot. It was a lot. It was yeah. a lot to do. So we're doing these quick hits, but we're doing them weekly. So if you have ways, uh, excuse me, if you have things to talk about or questions to ask us, how can you get a hold of us? Oh, we've got something called the parking lot. We do. Yeah. So if you go to our website, which is plearnmc.weebly.com, you will see a host of things there. Um, you can listen to the show. We have links to our pretty show notes rather than what you get with uh, iTunes or <laughs> when I make them. <laughs> when I make them. Um, and then there's a link to our parking lot, which is our feedback tool. Um, oh. Look, there's a bunch of stuff there. So yes. uh, we check this periodically, and sometimes we answer the questions directly on our podcast. Sometimes they inspire us to um, do a podcast or a series on a particular issue or topic. Um, and sometimes it gets fun on there. It's not really like a forum where you can respond, but people have figured out how to do that. Yeah. Yeah, so we've got a lot of stuff on there that has come across over the last couple of months since we've taken the summer off, and we're going to get to some of those in the next upcoming podcast. Yep. Uh, things like uh, reporting, uh, grade reporting, student ownership, goal setting, self-assessment, report cards, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, so, lots of good stuff. Lots here. of great stuff on there, so that is, that is one of the easiest ways to put stuff up on there that's longer than a tweet. Right. You could tweet us, though. You can. If you have something to say in less than 140 characters. So the podcast is at PLearnMC. Uh, my is at eat, at eat sleep stats. 
It's been <laughs> so a while. So you missed it up yourself. I know, for once. <laughs> Mine is at the Lowland Sea. Okay. So with that. Let's do it. Let's do it. So it's back to school time, isn't it? It is back to school time. So Yay! it is. Yes, it's good. So for us in Maine, we really start next week. Yeah. Uh, some of our schools start the week after that and That's some right. start after Labor Day. So, uh, but I know that some of you listeners have already started school, depending on where you are in the country. Yeah. So we thought it was a good time to really start talking about what do you do at the beginning of the year? Yes. So what is one of the best things to do at the beginning of the year when you're just meeting your kids for the first time? Well, I think the only thing to do at the beginning of the year is to set your culture. Courtney just said that's the only thing. Yeah. Okay. Well, like, you know, aside from like the, you know, go blah, through attendance, blah, make blah. sure they're in the right class, make sure they know where their seat is, like all that like basic, you know, like needs type of stuff so that they can actually engage, then really don't do anything else um, except work on your culture. Yeah. we. T I totally agree with that one. Yeah. Because that sets up the tone for the rest of the year, mm -hmm. whether you're going to be that authoritarian teacher or you're going to be a teacher that involves your, stu your students. Right. Okay. So what are some ways that we can really, um, let's, let's go like right at the very, very beginning. So we talk about code of cooperation sometimes. Yeah, so we talk what, about what, a vision, a code of cooperation. Yeah, so let's, let's just very, very quickly explain what those are. Sure. So um, a vision is, um, it's a statement about what you are striving to be as a group or a team um, or an organization. In this case, it'll be depending on how, what, you know, what your setup is. If you work on a team, I recommend you do it with the whole team, like middle school, maybe fourth, fifth grade, you start to see some of that. Sure. Um, sometimes even third grade. If you are a, you know, a classroom teacher, like self-contained, you're going to make a vision for your classroom. Um, if you're a high school teacher, maybe a class makes a vision. That could be pretty cool. And then sure. it's like something that unites everyone who teaches those learners of, you know, that graduating class or individual teachers could do it in high school too, or, or departments could do it. Um, mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of different ways to go about it. Um, but basically everyone comes together and lays out the things that they want to be or want their education experience to be like. Right. Um, and then you craft it into a statement and you, you kind of, you have it somewhere and it's something you reflect on. Um, it becomes like your, your guiding star. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So when we talk about the next step would be like a code of cooperation. Yeah. Which is basically to me, is just a, basically a set of norms. Yeah. Uh, that you set up with your uh, classroom, your group, your grade, whatever, whatever group you're, you're doing this with. So you involve the kids with it. So it doesn't become... Uh, teacher rules or building right. rules or the principal rules right. it's it's all involved and and agreed upon yeah and then after you have a code of cooperation you hold each other accountable to that right. but you can always point to those norms to, to that code of cooperation um, that will hopefully be on the walls somewhere yeah but, very visible all of this should be very visible it should be very visible but not just something not just poster board after that one it should no. be always referred to yeah so that's what keeps it alive so we'll talk about that momentarily. Right. Honestly, I even get nervous when I see them nominated. Yes, because then it implies it never changes. Yeah, exactly. So I, I suppose there's an argument to be made for, and I have seen this work in schools where the adults come up with maybe like a few key terms mm -hmm. that um, 
then the school community fleshes out like in um like one place I knew had um, focused, responsible, respectful. Um, you know, there's other places where like they make an acronym out of the name of the school, sure. um, things like that. Like that can work, and I, I can see an argument for having something like that laminated. But what what worries me is exactly what you said. Like, who's then actually um, explaining or or um, specifying what the actual behaviors are that right. are expected. Right. If it's the teachers, um, then you're just going down the route of compliance. If it's the learners, then you really are growing a community that it ha- is, is valuing voice and ownership on the learner's part. So one of the last parts is uh, our SOPs, actually standard operating yeah. procedures. and flowcharts. And flowcharts. And there's a couple of different ways that these are used. Mm-hmm. Uh, one is for... Uh, basic procedures like how to line up for lunch. Right. That's always a good one. Yeah. They like so. That's an SOP. It doesn't change much. Right. It's like do this, do this, do this. There's no decision point. Right. So what's so? There's a lot of those that I see that the lining up for lunch. You know, how do I get a pass to the bathroom? Yeah. Uh, but then it comes to like, how do I ask the teacher a question mm. if they're unavailable? Right. That's a flow chart. Okay. And that gets a little more complex at that point because, totally. as you said, they have to make decisions at that right. particular point. So is it a yes-no flowchart? Is, is that pretty much the branches? I think that that's the easiest way to do it sure. for the learner. Um, it can put a little more um, strain on whoever's the one creating it to set sure. it up correctly. Sure. But yeah, I think as often as you can get like a yes-no type flowchart going, the better off you're going to be and the simpler it will be to actually follow it. So if I have one of those procedure ones, like how to line up for lunch. Yeah. Does that obviously I have to go over it with the kids and have the kids help create it? And yeah. I've, I've seen a lot of a lot of these things with pictures attached to it. Totally, which are really cool. But does that have to stay up the whole year? No. Um, I think the other thing I would add to that when you're creating the SOP is modeling. Okay. Um, whether the teacher does it or learners themselves kind of volunteer to play act out, you know, the SOP right. in addition to the visuals. And you know what? That's not just for kindergartners. Absolutely. Do it with the seniors also. Absolutely. High school teacher here. It yeah. works. <laughs> yeah. It does work. Um, I'm actually thinking about doing this with adults later this week. But uh, um, no, once it's up, you know, it's up there as a scaffold. Mm-hmm. It's, these, these SOPs and flowcharts are scaffolds for behavior and other expectations. So once the learners are successful with it, take it off and then celebrate. And then celebrate. And then celebrate. And be like, awesome. You know, and the other piece of this is that it is responsive. It's a responsive move. Um, So they, you can make new ones throughout the year as learner, as their needs and abilities change. So just as you would take some down and celebrate that, you could put new ones up and celebrate that too. Because that means, especially if it's something that was brought up by the learners, because that means they're growing in their you know, their reflection abilities and awareness of their self, themselves and their learning. So celebrate it all. Okay, so those are some really basic pieces to, yeah. to begin with culture. Uh, but there's this interesting tweet I saw from somebody that's named <laughs> Belolan C. Hey, that's me. Oh, my gosh. So it says, build culture, go beyond the SOPs and visions to talk real about acceptance and civility. Yeah. Th- this was a hashtag from a, a chat we had the other night with KnowledgeWorks. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was hashtag B2S chat. Yeah. 
So if you want to go back and look, it's a great thread. It is a really great thread. But I was interested in what you meant by talking real about acceptance and civility. Well, so it's been a tough year. <laughs> <laughs> that it has. It's been a, and it, socially, um, politically, and emotionally for a lot of people, it's been a tough year. And um, I actually recently ran into a teacher I worked with years ago. Um, in the parking lot of like a supply store <laughs> and um, she shared with me that she had retired which she retired early and so you know totally happy for her and then I was asking her kind of like why what was her and she had a lot of reasons but one of the reasons and she had been teaching she's been teaching for like 20 years and mm -hmm. she is not like one of those um, stuck in a rut type 20 year team no okay. she was always innovative totally embraced personalized learning um, was a foreign language teacher. She was an amazing person. Um, but one of the things she said is that um, since the recent election, she has been having a very hard time dealing with um, the lack of kindness that she's starting to see uh -huh. in the classes and the way uh, people speak with each other and treat each other. And I think that that's a truth in our society right now, that there has been this um, creeping acceptance of uh, incivility. I would agree. Yeah. And I really think it's on us as public school teachers or private school teachers, school teachers and educators in general to start working on that. And part of the reason why we do some of this SOP and vision work is because we all know we want, you know, embracing um, safe environments and we want to teach our learners to be thoughtful and to think and to not hurt others, um, you know, with their words or their actions and to accept everybody. Like that's part of what we do. So something I see happen a lot, and I know we all see it, is because we talk about it, like these things become wallpaper. Right. The code of conducts and the SOPs and the visions, they become wallpaper. We do them, we put them up, or it becomes much more like a rote exercise. Like, oh, we gotta, we're gonna do the vision again, and the kids are like, we listen when the teacher talks, you know, we raise our hand to contribute, and it feels very superficial. Mm -hmm. And I know this is a complaint I've heard from teachers who've done this year sure. after year. Yep. Um, and so I do think we need to think about, well, how do we actually make this real? Um, because all of us are going to be having hard discussions with learners in our rooms this year. There are going to be topics of conversations that come up that are going to be difficult. Teachers may not want to do them and like may not want to touch them with a 500-yard <laughs> stick, but you're going to have to. Um, and the only way that that's going to go well for anybody is to seriously have a culture in your room or your school where um, people are feel safe to say what it is they are thinking and they know how to say it in a way that is civil and they know how to respond in ways that respect other people's opinions. So I think that that just ups the game for what we have to do when we're building culture at the start of our year. I think it's... Uh, extremely important considering the things, especially recently. Yeah. Because you know that's going to come up. It is. And depending where where you are in the country, this may be coming up a lot more and more. Right. Um, as as we go forth further in this fall. Yeah. So right. I, I do think it's very important. Um, you know, we want to talk about tolerance and civility mm -hmm. and acceptance. And those aren't things that are necessarily what everybody agrees on. 
for various reasons. Right. But in a classroom, that's the only, really only way that we're going to reach every single person. Right. It is. It is. And that's our job as educators mm-hmm. is to reach everybody in our classroom and everybody that's in front of us. We need to teach that those things are, are acceptable, uh, regardless of what happens outside. And I think right. I think where we struggle sometimes is what's happening outside means I need to be totally objective inside. And we just don't talk about that stuff. Right. We don't talk about tolerance. We don't talk about civility. I just teach my content right. and I get the grades and we just move on with our day. Right. And there's more to it than that. And I think all of us know that, yeah. but it's time to talk about it and have real talk about real it, talk. Yeah. <laughs> as my, my students used to tell me. I'm sure that's way out of date now, yeah, but it's that's all true. about real talk, right? Yeah. And and have those conversations, but you have to set up a culture in order to have those conversations mm-hmm. because you can't just have them out of the blue. Right. So if you set up that culture where it's okay to talk about these things <clears throat> and, and it's you're not going to be judged for it, that even if you come up with something provocative or outside the norms of, of society, as it were, um, that it's okay to talk about, and the only way we're going to get better is if we have those discussions. Yeah, agreed. So, how do we do this? Now, here's the problem, though. Yeah, because everyone's like, yes. I, I, yes. And there's no one's like, no. Yeah, everybody's like, yes so far. <laughs> what do I do, Matt and Courtney? What do I do, Matt and Courtney? Well, um, we, we don't have all the answers, but no, here's some don't. thoughts. Okay. So, one thought I have um, is... Like you have all heard me say before, right? Whenever you try or whenever you teach a new process, do it with something, do it with content they already know. Mm-hmm. So um, one thought is to set up a discussion in your class about something a little more benign. Like, you know, um, any any teacher out there who's like, you know, a fourth or fifth grade teacher working with Lucy Calkins will laugh about this, but like chocolate milk in schools, you know, <laughs> dodgeball in schools, like, yes. you know, any okay. of these kind of like, there are, you can get heated easily, but it's a place and it's a discussion to start practicing um, clarity of your ideas, backing up with evidence mm-hmm. and facts, um, and acknowledging other sides of the argument in a, in a respectful way. So, um, I mean, like, I guess like this is kind of a backdoor for me to being like argument is the most important standard you're ever going to teach. Like, so um, (laughs) (laughs) really, I think that's what it comes down to is, you know, whether it's part of your um, specific in your code of conduct or you do something else, which is I've seen recently called communication agreements where you agree and you, the expectation is, is how you speak in a certain way, you know, and that, um, you present your ideas with clarity, you use I statements, um, you back up your ideas with fact, facts and evidence that um, are valid, which can be its own thing. I, so I really, no, yeah. no alternative facts? No alternative facts. I thought that was a thing. It's not. Ah. Yeah, they don't exist. Um, so they're falsehoods. They are false. They're lies. They're lies. Yeah. So let's just call it out. They're lies. So doing doing things like that, I think. Um, so practicing those kinds of discussions as much as possible. Right. Um, you can even put up. Um, I think I've talked about this before. Accountable talk 
this is another, or maybe I've just written a blog post about it, but um, Accountable Talk, if you Google that, you will find many resources and anchor charts that give you literally like sentence starters or like fill nice. in the blank sentences to use for uh, for introducing your idea, for responding to someone's idea, mm-hmm. for disagreeing with someone. Um, and again, kindergarten to seniors, like, this is not a skill that our learners are well-versed in right now. Right. So... Use those. So that many people, I would Many people. Yeah, I not just, let's not just talk uh, our learners. It's, it's many people. It's many people. So make that part of your culture from the beginning is we will have difficult discussions in our classroom. There is nothing that is off the table. What's off the table are disrespectful and um, um, disrespectful and just... Judgy, judgy, I'm say, yeah, like you know, uncivil, uncivil behaviors off the table. Um, so practice it. Have resources to support the learners, whether it's little cards you put on their tables when you're having these discussions, or an anchor chart on the wall, um, and revisit it all the time. So that's my advice for how to. How I think to that's fantastic. I think that's fantastic. All right. Um, I'm curious what your thoughts your thoughts are in general on how to support teachers and learners as they're going through this and actually keeping all of this stuff stuff alive beyond like the first few weeks of school. What are you What do you tell people to do? Well, so that's one of the things. One of the really basic ones was going back to the not making it wallpaper. Mm. So when I was teaching, I I taught you know high schoolers, so um, it was tougher to keep stuff alive. Yeah, but we had we had a bunch of different SOPs on the wall, and eventually, once we started, once I had the learners start pointing to the routines, I knew we were getting close to the end. To the pointing to to their peers yeah. about that's what you should be doing right now while Mr. Shea is busy. And I think those were the best ways because then I knew it was working. Yeah. And then eventually they come down. Yeah. And you said it. You said it a little bit before, but it's finding those inefficiencies that we need one. Mm. And once I had a learner ask me, I forget exactly what it was, of course, but uh, ask me, we need an SOP for this type of thing. Yeah. So we stopped what we were doing. We made one for that one and put it on the wall and started referring to it and practicing it. But they had already had a lot of that practice before. Yeah. But we'd set up that culture. It was okay for them to introduce that. Right. Rather than me have all the ideas at the beginning and try to set up something brand new with them. This is one of the first years we ever did anything like this in our classrooms. Yeah. Uh, but it was actually keeping it alive and watching them use it and then tell them, nice job using that SOP. Yeah. Because that's a little bit of feedback. It's not really praise. I, I was going to say praise, but it's not praise. It's not like, great job, Courtney. That was awesome. <laughs> it was like, no, thank you for using you for that using SOP. SOP. And that's all you need to say. Right. It's, it's just feedback. And... You know, once they use something and use it well, you will continue to use that in, in your life. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about the civil discussions and the, the, right. the respect and the tolerance. If you just use that all the time and give feedback, was, was you know, Courtney, was that really the appropriate thing to say there? And have them reflect on it yeah. and you move forward. You, you don't, there's no judgment there, but it's just reflection. Right. And and you said a reflection a couple of times when you were talking, and it really spoke to me that I think that's the part that I miss the most mm. is about getting that student reflection. Yes. And that teacher reflection about about what it is and have that little discussion about is this working, is this not working? What 
are, are we learning here? Are we having the right discussions? Are we saying the right words? And having those discussions every so often, and by every so often, I don't mean like once a month. No. And, and take like an advisory class or a homeroom uh, no, period yeah. or something. There's no classes on this. It's like talk about it. It, it's, it has to happen. You know, let's not work in our silos that, that we've been working in. Have these discussions. Make the connections. Right. You know, I was in a math class, so this stuff doesn't come up a lot like it would in more of a social studies class or, or an right. ELA yeah. argument class. But when it does come up, talk about Be it. Be ready. And it's okay. You've set up a better culture. You'll have better learning in the in the long run. And I was I was doing some training last week at, at another district, and they said the same thing. Mm. That once we set up this culture, it's going to take some time. But they were saying to themselves as I was walking around, "It's going to pay off pay off for us in the long run." It does. I'm like, I didn't even say that yet, but they oh, got that's it. That's awesome. Yeah, it was. I was like, I yeah, am saying it does. the right thing. It pays things. off in the long run. It's okay. It's not about content, 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 content. We want them to be whole people, as it were. Yeah. That. They're going to leave us eventually. They're not going to have math class anymore. They're not going to have history class. They're not going to have writing class. No. But they need to use all of this stuff yeah. in society. Right. So let's teach them all the right ways to do this sort of thing. Let's do that. Okay. That was a long one for our first one, Courtney. I think that's fair. I think that's good. So we've got a lot of great episodes coming up, uh, we hope. <laughs> Put it this way. We've got a lot of episodes coming <laughs> up. <laughs> Whether they're good or not, uh, I guess that's that's what your feedback can tell us yeah. on what to do. So uh, get in touch with us sometime soon. Yeah, there's also a Facebook page that we um, post stuff on and say, you know, hey, oh, yeah. new episodes out and stuff. I forgot about that. Well. So you can search for P-Learn MC. Yes. <laughs> like our page. We have plenty of likes like on it, there. Like it, share it. Yes. We're, we're back. We're back. All right, we'll talk next time.